Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Church membership as we know it today in the modern church world, is that biblical or not? Do we find that among the New Testament believers in the 27-book canon of Holy Scripture? We must ask ourselves whether or not this is biblical. So many people, friends, just continue to follow tradition. The pastors are following tradition. Somebody might say, well, they're just deceived. That's right, they're deceived because they don't love the Lord. If they love the Lord, they would be studious diligently studying his word and seeking his face and would no longer be in the darkness of that deception. The Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians 2 concerning those who are in deception that it's a willful thing because they do not have the love of the truth. Verse 10, 11, and 12, 2 Thessalonians 2, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now he's talking about Satan, the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, verse 9, and with all the deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. They would rather follow tradition. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. Notice it's God who takes it personal that they won't seek his face individually and obey his word. So he sends them strong delusion. Make no mistake, it's God who sends that strong delusion that they should believe a lie. So he helps them on their way in their deception. If they reject him, well, he helps them. He kind of greases the pole down to hell that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So this is talking about the great falling away in this chapter and the coming of the Antichrist. And we see things ramping up here with people, evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse as we near the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ, 2 Timothy 3, verse 13, where they're lovers of themselves, not lovers of God. They love pleasure and self more than they love God, Paul says in his resume of the characteristic of apostates, characteristics of apostates in this late hour. And these are actually people who have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof, that is the reign, the authority of Christ in their personal lives. Verse 5 of 2 Timothy 2, they're ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, verse 7. And so concerning this topic of church membership and whether or not this is biblical, have you ever stopped to ponder how the modern church, the apostate modern church has commercialized, it's monetized, formalized, institutionalized, and corporatized, and grossly complicated what God ordained to be a time of rejoicing 
blessing and blessing and just organic fellowship when his saints come together. In the book of Acts, in the early church, we read how there were four simple things that the body of Christ did when they got together. And what are those four simple things? I want you to take close note to Acts 2, 42, uh, and it says this, and they continued, this is right after Pentecost when the church was born, and before there was much time for deceivers and false prophets to enter in among the, the saints and introduce a lot of false doctrine and take control of the gathering of the saints and commercialize it and monetize it. You know what monetize means? It means to figure out a way to make money off of something. And that's what they were doing in Jesus's day, the false leaders, when he flipped the tables and cracked the whip he had created uh, and told them that the house of God was the house of prayer. But they had made it a den of thieves. And Peter addresses the false teachers and the false prophets would do what? They would make merchandise of you. See, there it is. Monetize you. That's what they're doing. They're corralling you and tagging you, if you will, so that they can make money off of you as you join the little church club, if you will. So Acts 2.42, notice the purity of worship and the, the lack of clutter. It says this, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They studiously read and studied and discussed the Word of God. Amen. That's what the Apostles' Doctrine is. It's not originated with the Apostles. It was Christ's Apostles who taught His doctrine and uh, brought it forth to the world, the same as they did when Jesus divided the 5,000 men and the children and ladies in the wilderness as He spoke to them. They became hungry, and so He had His 12 Apostles. He gave the bread and the fish to them, and then they distributed it to the people. And that's the same thing with the Apostles' Doctrine. Jesus taught them, and then they gave it to the world. And much of that and all of that that we need is captured in the 27 books of the New Testament canon. And we don't see any precedence for church membership as we know it today, because see, we're bought by the blood of Jesus. And Jesus says we're to rejoice that our names are written in heaven. Our identity is Christ himself. And on that basis, do we have unity upon the rock of Christ? Paul said, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Galatians 6.14. But what church membership does is it pulls our affection away from the one who bought us by his blood and made us individual members of his one corporate universal body by his own blood. So they continued in steadfastly in the apostle doctrine in fellowship in breaking of bread and in prayers. Those four simple things. And then it says, fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now, there's so much in this. I want to encourage you to study this passage. It's the last, I'd say, six verses or so of the book of Acts, chapter 2, Acts 2, 42 through 47, the pure and pristine state of the earliest followers of Jesus. Now, as we begin to talk earlier, have we ever taken a step back? And I know a lot of people have, and maybe perhaps some that are listening have not yet. But have we thought about and thought upon how the modern church has become so commercialized and monetized
sanitized and grossly complicated. When we compare it to the earliest followers of Christ, and when they got together, their times of fellowship, rejoicing and sharing in the Word of God and in prayers and fellowship and breaking of bread. Breaking of bread would include having communion together. When you come together, 1 Corinthians 11, Paul's instructions on communion and also eating together as Jesus did many times with his apostles. We should study the biblical model, saints, to really ask ourselves, what saith the scriptures concerning fellowship? Real fellowship with other saints is very simple. It's organic if it's done the way God ordained it. Organic, when you eat organic food, you're simply eating food that's not been poisoned, is my definition of it. It's naturally occurring. It's not mixed with anything else. It's straight off the tree or out of the ground as God intended to be with no uh, poisons in the ground or on the plant itself as it was grown, but it's in its divinely created state. And that's how our fellowship should be. It should be uncluttered and unmolested and uncontaminated from sinful men who would make merchandise of you, Peter told us in Second Peter 2. The bureaucracy of wolves has completely ruined such purity and simplicity. And that's why so many today do not any longer patronize the local churches as we know them. And uh, one of the ways they corral people, probably the, the central way, is by getting them to join the club, if you will. And we should beware, saints, of this incestuous, horizontal, undue, unwarranted, horizontal covenant covenanting by joining a church. A lot of Baptists are caught up in this idea, and it's part of their religion, if you will, that you know they leave, they cancel membership, and they go and open up and secure membership at another Baptist church. That right there pretty much sows them into, there's probably some better words, codifies them, if you will, in all the doctrines of the Baptist church, including this church membership scam and also typical once saved, always saved theology. And that's why you're never going to see today an on-fire Baptist. They're lukewarm. They don't, there's no reason to fear and obey God. They're once saved, always saved. First lie, Satan never told. There's a lot on, on the site about that, saints, if you'll look up eternal security. So be aware, saints, and, and discern the agenda of the church pastors, how they're driving these local churches. And uh, ask the question, is church membership as we know it truly biblical? Or is it a corralling, if you will, like you corral cattle of God's people for self-serving purposes? Church membership, as it's carried out in the modern church world, in my opinion, quenches the Holy Spirit. Something happens and it's not good when you join a church. Has anybody else ever sensed that? You know, it becomes, oh, wow, we're all in the same club, so we have that in common. On that basis, let's start a friendship. Not on the basis of the fact that you're a born-again Christian and your name is written in heaven, Luke 10, verse 20, and that's what you're to be rejoicing about. It disconnects people from the centrality of Christ. And our place in his kingdom family, which was purchased by his very and precious blood. You and I, if we're truly born-again believers, we have the Holy Spirit in us because we've been washed by the blood of Jesus and regenerated on the basis of Christ's one sacrifice on that cross, his perfect sacrifice, where he cried, it is finished, before he gave up the ghost, after perfectly accomplishing redemption for you and I, and made us members of his body, wrote our names in the book of life, and for that, we are to rejoice, Jesus said. Church membership, as we know it today, in the local churches, seems to quench that and remove us from that essential 
essential, central truth that we're in Christ. That's why we're brothers and sisters. Uh, Jesus even spoke of familial bonds not being what's most important. He said, don't rejoice in those familial bonds, but rejoice that you're bought with his blood and your name is written in heaven because of the blood of Christ that was shed. Here it is in Luke chapter 8, verse 19, starting right there. It says, Then came to him his mother and his brethren, and could not come to him for the press. And it was told him by certain which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without, desiring to see thee. In other words, Jesus, here's your mom and your brothers and sisters came to see you, came to visit you. And what was his answer? Jesus answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. So Jesus put as the highest earthly relationship between people that which connects us, and it would be obedience to God. First, obedience by repentance and faith when we were initially saved. He found us, he drew us to himself, and we chose to repent and believe on Christ. And that's what made us one with him and one with his body. So he says, my mother and my brethren, my true family are those which hear the word of God and keep it. And again, he didn't say my mother and my brethren are those who go to the same so-called church building on Sunday morning. See, so we have another biblical example here of what's most important to God and what brings us together in oneness with him, first of all, and then with one another. And it's that we obey God. And you know, when you get corralled into the church membership thing, you're kind of locked into whatever they choose to teach. You know, you're under that covering and in most cases, 99.9, there's some poison in the pond, and then you're subjected to that. And you can no longer be an independent kingdom disciple who, like the Bereans, weighed in the balance and took the leader, Paul, in that case where he was teaching, they took him to task. And, you know, in these church environments, it becomes like authoritarian type arrangement where you got, you know, basically, listen, this is what we teach, and that's how it is. In other words, we believe, quote unquote, in the Baptists and a lot of the evangelical church, we believe in the eternal security to believe. In other words, that's what it is and that's what it's going to be. We don't want to be questioned. We don't care what the Word of God says because we're going to put the Word of God aside that we might keep our own tradition. It's not only a tradition, it's a heretical lie from hell and it's deceived and sent millions who were once saved to hell already. Those that have gone before us. All it takes to go to hell is get saved and be a lukewarm person, lukewarm toward God. And that's what these church memberships, again, are designed to do. And it's learned in seminary. You know, there's a whole business plan, business model, and the way Satan has centralized things through the seminarian system, and then these false churches, and that's what they are if they require seminary, require that you have a seminary degree to become one of the pastors. So again, there that points to the whole thing being a business. And it's not the business of God, because this is not his plan, and it violates what we see in his word. It also ruins the organic, spontaneous, pure fellowship that true believers enjoy due to being one in Christ. Church membership, as we note in the modern church, seems to be a learned device to corral believers or professing believers in order to exploit them, to make merchandise of them. Think about it. Seminary and pastors are taught this very scheme in order to build their church businesses. That's just how it works. Denominations or church organizations, they reinforce this, this seminary and teaching, this church membership to secure the people and secure their funds. They become pretty much paying members, paying their dues of the club. That's worldly. We see those worldly 
models where people are part of clubs and fraternal orders and they, they pay their dues, their monthly or weekly or yearly dues to be a member. And that's kind of what this becomes, if you've noticed. And I know many of you have. This is a business model, saints. And it's not the Father's business. Jesus said, I must be about my Father's business. I believe it's Luke 2.49. And the Father's business, if we look at Scripture, never included people having to sign a role, say, hey, I want to become a member of this church. We are a member of the body of Christ through the blood of Christ. And we're to honor that membership and rejoice that through the blood of Christ, our names are written in heaven. There's no such thing as a church membership in the Bible except that membership alone that was procured cured by the sacrifice of Christ in redeeming us on the cross. All of his saints' names are written in heaven, Luke 10, 20, and we're to rejoice in that. That's what Jesus says we're to rejoice in. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven, Luke 10, 20. We are Christ's disciples, saints. We we're, we belong to him. We're bought with his blood. Listen to 1 Corinthians 7, 23. You are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. And this is what in my conscience, which I hope and pray is captive to the word of God, it would violate my conscience to become a member of a local church any longer. Because scripture says we're to be not ye the servants of men. And then they get you involved once you become a church member in all kinds of duties. And then that's made to look like you're serving God because you cleaned the bathroom or you did the audio and visual or you you sang in, in in the singing praise group or stuff like that. But is that really God's definition of serving him? I think we're going to be surprised on Judgment Day of people that have exerted a lot of time and energy in these church houses, quote unquote, where God's going to, that's all wood, hay, and stubble if you even make it to heaven. And I put doubt on that because there's so many lukewarm people. Jesus said he's going to spew you out of his mouth, reject you. Couldn't be any clearer that you're going to be rejected in the end if you're lukewarm. How can we, how could anybody argue with that? Revelation 3, 15 and 16. Local level church membership diverts the heart affections of those corralled into it by hireling wolves. Is that not your experience also? So we're to beware, friends. Have you ever noticed this Bible verse they use to get you faithful? They're getting you faithful to their little church organization, club, and everything else. They're not getting you faithful to Christ. They're not studiously and honestly disclosing, closely going through all of his word, you know, line upon line, precept upon precept, comparing spiritual things with spiritual with honesty. They spend more time, it seems, and energy and focus on your being a member of that church where they entertain a lot of folks on Sunday mornings, make them feel good. So they want to become a part of the club. So they got to remove the stinger, what I call the stinger doctrines or the hard truths of the gospel. The fact that we are conditionally secure. We're not in heaven yet. You'll be eternally secure once you're there. You don't have that secure. You have eternal life, but the possession of eternal life can be forfeited if you sin and you live in sin. Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or blemish or any such thing, one that is holy and, and without blemish. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. See, they're not going to preach, be holy for I am holy. They're not going to preach repentance. 
even the ones that are going through the word are going to gloss over this and say, well, this doesn't you know, apply to us because we're once saved, always saved. You see, this is what happens in these church clubs. When you sign up to be a church member, this is what you get. And you lose your objective reasoning ability. And your input doesn't matter. You just shut up and listen to the, the, you know, the circus conductor, the one who controls the gold, the so-called pastor. He's more like, a, in most cases, a real estate manager who's running a business. Part of that business, as we're discussing here, is to get people to join the club. But notice how they misuse this verse. Hebrews 10.25, it says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, does anybody see the word Sunday morning or Sunday in this verse? Does anybody see anything about joining a church? We're already a member of the church, bought by the blood of Christ. So why would we join a church, a fraternal order, if you will? Again, do you see Sunday morning in this church? And let me take it a step further. Are we instructed here in God's Word to join an apostate modern church that we go to on Sunday mornings? No, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. We don't have to wait till Sunday, and we shouldn't. The early church met house to house daily, as we read in the end of Acts 2 and other places in Acts. They, they met house to house daily. They could not get enough of Jesus. A little dab won't do you as a child of God. You've got to have fellowship on a regular basis. And some people want to pigeonhole that into and limit it to and relegate it to Sunday morning, finding a church. We get emails nearly every day or week, at least. People are, and people I fellowship with locally, you know, they're looking for a church. You know, I, I got to the point where I started saying, we need to stop looking for a church and just be the church. And let's pray together, brother or sister, right now that God will join you together with some sincere, authentic Bible believers that are bought by the blood of a lamb and are humble and teachable and want to learn the word together and fellowship together. Amen. Now, let's talk about, for a moment, let me introduce you to an idea or a notion that I want you to meditate on. And that would be, does, rhetorical question, does church membership, as we know it now in the apostate church, does it not divide the body of Christ? I mean, after all, if you're a part of this club that meets in such and such a certain building, doesn't that create sectarianism where Christians are saying, I am of Paul, I am of Cephas? It seems like it to me that it causes us to be a little less concerned about other believers, if you will, who don't gather together with us on Sunday mornings, because after all, they aren't a part of the club right? Or what about believers? And this will flip a religious wig. What about true believers we know or we meet along the way who don't go anywhere on Sunday morning? Maybe they stay home and read the Bible with themselves or their family or some other person, a born-again believer that comes over. Ah, do we look upon them differently? Well, once we become church membership, I think that's something spiritual that happens there when you covenant in that agreement and alignment. And it's not a good spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. I don't believe he's behind this church membership thing. Somehow, it seems like he forgot to tell us something we need to know if, in fact, we're supposed to go join a church as we know it in the modern church today. There was a guy who was, speaking of sectarianism, there was a guy who was casting out devils in the name of Jesus. And uh, his apostles, Christ's disciples in the early days, stopped the dude and told him to stop it because, and then he went and bragged to Jesus about it. You know, they had this self-righteous attitude. They said, yeah, Jesus, we told him to stop. We forbade him because he didn't follow with us. He wasn't a part of our little club. And what did Jesus say to that? He rebuked him. He said, he said unto them, forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. In other words, stop it. You are
are stopping my work because it's not done under your auspices and under your control or with your approval. As if you are the head of the church and not Jesus, as the scripture tells us he is. So this we could see as the spirit of antichrist, anti meaning in place of where people are self-righteously putting themselves in the place that is reserved for Christ alone. The level of and the depth of arrogance is unspeakably evil. We must beware of this iniquity of pride that is part of the sin-filled nature and we must be crucified with Christ. And when we are, we're going to be praying for the body of Christ and thanking God for everything he's doing in and through other and all members of his body, his body, his body. He died to purchase his church, not us or anyone else. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 1, and we'll come in for a landing here and finish up here. There's so much that can be said. We have a new category on the site, Church Membership Exposed. Check it out. It's a new category, again, on the site, there's a drop-down menu. It's got about 150 categories, if I'm not mistaken. Go to the C's. Just type in C or scroll to C and look look up church membership exposed where we take a look at whether or not church membership is biblical or whether it's not biblical. Notice Paul is speaking to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 1.10 Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Amen. That's why I suggest we all get to this, get back to the King James Bible, saints, so that we're all quoting the real, preserved, authentic, divinely inspired Word of God. Amen. And not all these other fairy tale versions. And then, you see, we've got more so called Bibles in the world. Most of them are fake news. But yet, we have the lowest amount of scripture memory in our day when we need it the most because everybody's quoting out of some different book. Change the words, you change the message. We've got a lot on that on the website. I encourage you to objectively, honestly study this topic. And that's why we have so much info on that particular topic and many more on the website. Just look at Bible versions issue. That's another category on the drop down menu, safeguardyoursoul.com. Okay, now I beseech you, Paul says to the Corinthians, the believers at Corinth, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you. That's God's stated will right there. He doesn't want divisions among us. And is that not what church membership, as we know it, and as we perpetrate it, not cause? And then he says, but that ye may, that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Then he says, for it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the household of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. This I say, that every, notice this is a church at Corinth. This is a addressed to all the believers in that city, the church, the called out ones in that city, not to a, a certain building, a club that's that gets together on Sunday morning in a certain building, but to the whole church. And it's for us exactly the same as if it was to them. Now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, I am of Christ. In other words, I go to this church, I go to that church, I go to the other church. And then he says, is Christ divided? I mean, he's got one body, the scripture says over and over. Not two, one. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? I mean, did that church pastor that you go to your church, you're a member of, friend, did he die for you? Were you baptized in 
in his name? I thank God that I baptized none of you, Paul says, but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the house. Then he goes on and says that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Verse 18. And this is something we see lacking in the local churches today. We see almost none of it. The blood of his cross is how we are bought or redeemed, bought back to God by Christ. That's Colossians chapter 1 verse 20. And also 1 Corinthians 1 18 speaks of the preaching of the cross. The preaching of the cross. And that's what makes us one body in, in Christ, saints, is the preaching of the blood of his cross and the cross he commanded us to take up daily in order to follow him and to know him and to be one with him and because of that to be one with all of his children every one of them no matter where we may find them and to never be divided and sectioned off sectarianism is rebuked in scripture perhaps we could finish with a little prayer saints father in the name of Jesus Christ please fulfill your perfect will in my life concerning true fellowship as you have designed it and as you alone defined it. Lord, I love you and I thank you for buying me back from a life of sin by your holy blood. And Lord, we ask you to join us together with other true believers who are truly Christ-centered and biblically centered, teachable and humble and looking for your soon return, rejoicing in your blood, Jesus, that gave them the blessing of having their names written in heaven. Lord, join us together with other believers in our local areas for such fellowship that would glorify you and deliver us, open our eyes and deliver us from any entanglement or covenanting that we've done with others that brought us into a horizontal alignment and covenant relationship that is not glorifying you, but is stifling your work in our lives. We love you and thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, Father, amen. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, Scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all Scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.